into the contest. It is Monday, the 27th of June. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, uh, Monday morning, finished off the offer on Paramount. All about the making of The Godfather. Boy, it was good. Mate, don't tell me too much about it. I haven't watched it yet. Apparently, it's one of the best series this year, so I'm looking forward to watching it myself. Yeah, well, I won't give you anything away, but it's a look, it's a drama series, so you've got actors playing Marlon Brando and Francis mm-hmm. Ford Coppola and everyone else, but it's intriguing to see what well. happened behind the scenes. Anyway, I'll leave that one up to you and our <laughs> listeners, but uh, the offer on Paramount, it's an absolute ripper. As were the New South Wales Blues, the mighty, mighty <laughs> Blues. Can't wait to talk to Shad Wicker. That's coming up. Queensland's <laughs> going down in origin. They also lost the women's well done to the Blues this weekend. The Matildas have had a whacking loss themselves. And uh, some interesting news coming out of the NBA. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. All right, State of Origin in Perth last night looked like a a fantastic atmosphere. Queensland got out of the blocks early, but um, they had no answers when uh, Nathan Cleary particularly just took off. He sure did, mate. And uh, yeah, we did say the first game was it's one of the worst games Cleary's had in a very long time. He just doesn't generally have two bad ones in a row, and he sure did in this match, mate. He looked good. The Blues are running in five second-half tries to win 44-12. to 12. Burton looked amazing, didn't he? They scored that brilliant Troy doors combining with Cleary and Trevojevic, Unreal and Tedesco. Yeah, the Blues looked really, really dominant. Yeah, they did, didn't they? And it, it makes mm. you wonder about Queensland. Obviously, they got all the cards stacked in their favour for the final game, but they their defence, particularly in the second half, I know there's been a few moaners around saying, oh, no, you know, things didn't go our way. Well, you can't say that when you get flogged by that much. Yeah, it's one of the biggest... Uh Win margins in state of origin in a long time, and yeah, mate, the Blues looked good. All both sides, both sides of the park, Tim, and yeah, I agree that Queensland looked very, very sloppy in defence. What about this next one, mate? In Brisbane, we won the state of origin series last year uh, with all games being played in Queensland, but of course they weren't all played at Suncorp Stadium slash Lang Park, which is a very, very difficult fortress. Yeah, look, I agree, but I think I think you're right, Tim. The ability for us to play out there last year and still win the series uh, stands us in good stead. And once again, um, the momentum going into the final games is a real key part, I think. And yeah, Queensland are going to have to really reassess their team, their lineup, like we did this match, and then come out hopefully with a fresh approach. Yeah, that'll be interesting, isn't it? Because they always pride themselves, oh, no, we don't change. Well, when you get flogged by that and a couple of really poor defensive efforts. Uh, I thought the women's game on the Friday night was a cracker in Canberra. The Sky Blues getting the chocolates. Isabel Kelly, player of the match, and uh, scored that cracking try at the end, 20 points to 14. It was a ripper. 
It was a ripper. Three tries apiece, and the biggest difference being uh, Rachel Pearce, now goal kicker, the major difference. She she kicked most of the conversions, a couple of penalty goals as well um, to get us home. But uh, a really, really good game of footy and a fantastic weekend for the Blues. Yeah, absolutely. Don't they play an amazing brand of the game, um, yeah, the women? they do, mate. And uh, they're getting faster as well, faster, um, fitter, um, and stronger. The, the girls, are, it, is, it is a really, really, it's a pure game of football they're playing. Yeah, the defence is strong. Uh, what yep. about um, this story about uh, quadriplegic NRL star Nathan Stapleton? It, uh, it brings a tear to your eye, doesn't it? Yeah, he said uh, he didn't expect to be going to the birth of his second child in a wheelchair. Um, he's lucky to survive this. He was uh, um, he suffered cardiac arrest on the the football pitch when he broke his neck uh, and was out for twelve minutes. And um, so he hasn't suffered any brain damage, which thank goodness. But yeah, he's been moved from hospitals to be there to witness the birth of his second child. So it's a it's a very heartfelt story that one. Yeah, and um, and, and finding some reasons to smile. It's a very difficult road uh, for him. So our thoughts are with him and his family, yep. and congratulations with the birth of the new little one. Um, moving to the world game, buddy, and um, the Matildas, I, I know they didn't have their best team on the field, not at full strength, but who loses 7-0? Seven 7-0 nil? Seven nil is, a, is a real whack. Yeah, we played Spain. Uh, Spain are ranked 5 uh, positions higher than us, and it didn't look like that at all. It looked like they were ranked about a hundred higher than us. Um, we were just dominated everywhere. Tony Gustafson, Gustafson's uh, approach here was really was a strange one. We had no shots on goals. We only had twenty four percent of possession. Uh, Spain made seven hundred and seventy six passes. We only made two hundred and fifty. They had nine mm. corners and we had zero. So we we're outplayed all over the field. We need to get this right. The World Cup's just around the corner in 2023. We need to get it right and move forward because that, that was a poor performance. Yeah, you don't want those on your report card, do you? Seven no. nil, absolutely. Just by the way, what did you what did you do for Origin? Did you did you have your headgear mouth guard on and, and cook up something nice? What, anything? <laughs> my, my son Tom and I went downstairs. Being a Sunday night, I said you could stay up a little bit. He's only seven, um, so we set up. We put the bar lights to blue. And um, he got his dinner and I got my dinner and we watched the, the footy downstairs, mate. It was good fun. Did he watch the whole game? No, nah, he was asleep by, asleep by halftime, but uh, well, he was cheering the Blues early doors. He did well. All right, stay with us because we've got AFL cricket and much, much more. Tom Stewart, he's been sent directly to the AFL tribunal after that hit on Dion Prestia. And look, it doesn't surprise me. No, he's uh, he's probably going to be sitting on the sidelines for a month, I reckon, with this. And uh, the look of Tom Stewart, who played a, a, a fantastic role for, for Geelong's win, um, but you saw him, he looked very distraught at the end of the game. It was off the ball, absolutely flattened um, Dion Prestia, as you said. And uh, he looked very, very concerned because he will be spending, I reckon, three to four weeks on the sidelines. Mm, what about the mighty Sydney Swans? This was oh. this was a big win. Uh, the other the other notable win that uh, uh, across the weekend that I really enjoyed the game was Geelong's win. That was a cracker. Um, but the Swans they they demolished St Kilda really. We did fifty one points, um, keeping St Kilda to only two goals in the third quarter was a was a huge effort. Um, Swan's looking really, really good all around the paddock. Um, uh, Franklin coming back in, giving plenty of options, plenty of touches early, but also getting a lot of uh, kicks off to to um, for other guys to score. Lots of assists. Yeah, we looked really good. That puts us two points. I'm sorry, one win outside of second position now. 
Uh, so this one's right up there. St Kilda, that's two losses in a row. They need to regroup. Yeah, and a great win by Geelong. That was that mm. was a, that was a fantastic, yep. fantastic game. Now they're calling him the Kiwi Bradman. This is Daryl Mitchell. Now there's a few others that have been called the new Bradman in Australia and not quite lived up to expectations. And obviously they're saying this because of the record that he set in the UK. It's uh, it's an outstanding series. This it's an outstanding uh, cricket series between England and New Zealand at the moment. It's a fantastic series. England currently up 2-0. And I dare say with the results overnight, they'll go to win the series. It's only a best of three. Um, they'll go up 3-0. But Daryl Mitchell batting in the middle order for the Kiwis, uh, 300s in three test matches. That's not been seen since Bradman. Um, so he's doing very, very well. But England currently 283. Uh, Roots 50 not out. Pope 83 not out. Chasing 296. Um, you dare say they'll get uh, the extra 100-odd runs here and uh, and go to win the series 3-0. Yeah, they've turned the corner, haven't they, after a miserable old summer yep. out here? They have, mate. And uh, Brendan McCullum, he's a bit of a rocks and diamonds sort of guy. He was like that as a player. He's definitely like that as a coach. And by that, I mean he he's a, goes for the runs and gets them or fails miserably. Uh, it seems to be working with some of the English players at the moment. It, they seem to be a lot freer with the way they're batting. Did you see that Jack Leach dismissal? Oh, mate. This is poor... Um, uh, I think it was it was uh, Henry Nichols who was batting, who's have, having a tough season, and the career gods can do this to you. He smashes one back um, off Jack Leach, the spinner, and Mitchell, who we we're just talking about, is scoring all the runs. Well, this one hit the middle of his bat as well at the non-striker's end, and ricocheted to mid-off, who was then caught. Um, and Henry Nichols just thought, bloody hell, what do I have to do to score a run here? You smash one, it comes off your teammate's bat at the other end, and then you get caught a bit off. It's a bad way to get out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The unluckiest dismissal, it's got to be. Yeah. Uh, now, Damien Lillard in the NBA, he has sent fans wild with that Kevin Durant Photoshop post. He has. It's, uh, well, the Brooklyn Nets, um, they have a potential implosion um, occurring there with some of the teammates. So Corey Irving is potentially made leave. He's, he hasn't been happy. But also they're saying with Durant, he uh, they posted or well, photoshopped his head onto a Portland Blazers jersey <laughs> alongside Damien Lillard. Mm-hmm. And, and the, 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 the uh, press and also the fans are saying, what could those two do together if they did play? I think Durant will be staying uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. But uh, yeah, there's a bit of un, um, uneasiness going on over there in Brooklyn. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, the son of Shaquille O'Neal, of course, uh, the big Shaq, he's a very talented young basketball player, but he's rejected his famous father by trying to forge a professional career uh, and and he's trying to do it the hard way. Well, he is. He's only 22. He's only played 37 matches um, in college so far. He's been interrupted. He's had heart surgery. He's had a number of injuries on his ankles. Um, so he's got no real uh, length of form under his belt. His dad wants him to stay at college and get that right first. And he said, no. Nah. And he's just joined the NBA draft workout at the LA Lakers against his dad's wishes. So he thinks he's ready. His dad doesn't think he is. And uh, once again, mate, he's a, his son's pretty stubborn. So I think he's going to do what he wants to do. Yeah, that's Sharif O'Neal, the son yeah. of Shaquille O'Neal. And of course, uh, I went to see him play at the LA Lakers. What a player, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, Kobe Bryant was in the same game at the Staples Centre. He does know about basketball, but uh, I think you and I both know trying to convince your children of something is pretty bloody difficult at times. Yep. Like 
go to bed or do other stuff. <laughs> yeah. So when they want to play for the NBA, I don't know what you're going to do. Now, I knew Brian Riley at uh, at Petersham. He was a, a great, great cricketer, great baseball player as well. But you've mm. got a story about him. He's a real character, very good mates with Kerry O'Keefe back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, and he passed away way too early, but was renowned um, around the great circles. He's probably the best sledger in the game. He used to field at cover. And Petersham, on this particular Saturday afternoon many years ago, were playing against Eastern Suburbs, who had the former commentator, Tony Gregg, and former England captain, Tony Gregg, playing for them. And Bronco de Jura was the wicketkeeper. Um, and Brian Riley, when Tony Gregg faced the first ball, he yells out to Bronco de Jura, who's this bloke? And they pretend they didn't know who Tony Gregg was. And he says, oh, I think he plays for Sussex. And as Tony Gregg proceeded to play and miss the next five balls in a row, Brian Riley said he must play for fucking Sussex Inlet, <laughs> not Sussex in England. <laughs> to which Tony Gregg just looked at him and said, well, who are you, mate? He goes, I'm Brian Riley, Peace from Career Club. Next question. Oh, yeah. Well, there's also that season classic. And there's a story he came on to field in a, in a Shield game like because he was just in yeah, the crowd did. and they needed some great fielder. And he's sledging <laughs> in Chapel. You know, some people that just got it. Yeah, God rest his soul, old Riles. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh, back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.